In association with the Omniverse Comics Guide, this is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from all over the world. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 323. Boom. This might be this might be the most leisure <laughs> podcast I've ever done in my life. Pool party's gonna start soon though. Oh shit. <laughs> but um we're in Jamaica. These are the Jamaica tapes. It sounds naughtier than it is, but it's the Jamaica tapes. And uh me and my lady Jay are on vacay. My love. Let's That's do me. this thing. I'm here. Yes, let's do it. Let's switch our glasses because you've got the. I oh. go a little. I go, we, we're drinking right now champagne by the beach. It's 11 o'clock in the morning, if that. If that. We don't even if know. That, we don't know. It's nice to lose track of time when you're on vacation. It is. I think that's a perk. That's the a thing. Part. That's the best part. Not to know where, nowhere to be, nowhere to go. If you if you could have a device that allowed you to time lapse. Would you take it where it was like one day of the week you can extend your like you can slow down time? I wish I could do that. Oh yeah, sure. Right? Saturday morning, Saturday night. Let's make the let's make it feel like eight hours instead of four hours. I'd do that. I think. Unless you're stuck with some people that sucks. It's very circumstantial. It would depend where we're at, who we're with, and I could do a time lapse here. If I was on a What About Bob right now, this I think, week, I, think, I could What About Bob this week. I think most people could. Yeah, it's right. beautiful here. The ambiance, yeah. the colors. Great weather. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like resorting or do you like staycations at this point in life? Like, what kind of vacations are you vibing for these days? Um, I A little bit of both. I, li- I like staycation. When... I don't like leaving my house. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I don't like leaving my house. What does it take for you to leave your house? This. Good weather, a safe and clean environment, <laughs> and you. That's and all me, I need. Oh, babe. I that's got nowhere similar. else to be. That's similar. I thought packing for this trip, um, we're going to get into fun topics, everybody listening. Don't worry about that. But packing for this trip, I had a stack of books that I'm like, I'm going to read all of these. Not so much. Listen, I've been, I'm not not throwing no stones because I've been trying to read Shoeless Joe since last vacation. <laughs> since the last time in Mexico. Okay. I've been reading Shoeless Joe since an, a, a, another province, or not province, another country over. Like, It's a nice book. It's a lovely book and a great movie. When I read it, it makes me feel good, but I just can't get past the first chapter. <laughs> And when I read it, it makes me feel good. I can't get past the first two pages. Uh, you know what it is, know. though? Yeah. Reading puts me to sleep. It lulls me. That's and good. I think that's a good thing, but it's also like I'm just, I'm not getting anywhere with reading. I don't know how you do. I mean, I guess your picture books and shit. You want to know what? It, it relaxes me, too. things that keep you, no, I guess. It puts me to sleep, too. It relaxes me. Sometimes if I can't sleep at night, I open up my book and I think, yeah, you know what? I'm awake enough. I'm going to read about five issues of this omnibus. And I'm like three pages and I'm like oh, rereading it like what happened especially when you re- read some quirky stuff like right now I'm reading that Quasar book which he isn't as far as like if you were to grade Marvel superheroes he's a C-list character but he's got his fans and and whenever he whenever a Quasar because I think it's like a legacy character meaning that the mantle gets passed on to, to someone new like the Green Lantern ring? Kind of like that. Another, exactly. Finds another suitable exactly. lantern? Exactly. But um, all of these stories are cosmic to the nth degree. Like, as obscure of a Marvel character you can throw into these books that become notable in, in like, a bigger story, it's in here. So the, the this writer, sorry, I'm going to go on a tangent. The guy who wrote this Quasar book? He died in the 90s, middle age. Like, he wasn't an older gentleman at the time. So it was a big loss for people because he was, like, an editor. And I think he's, like, the biggest fan to ever write comics. His name was Mark Gruenwald. So I feel like this is his passion project. 
and you get it. Like you feel it as you read it. This is just someone having as much fun with the toys as they possibly can. So you have to read it with that sort of, but there's some stuff in, in it where it's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't know what that, I forgot. If, and when you're falling asleep and you're relaxing, you're like. That's what I felt when I was reading Silver Surfer. <laughs> this bitch had me going around in circles. I at issue 11. I'm, at first I thought I was losing my mind. Because the thing is, first of all, I don't know how you read these omnibuses. They're just so heavy. I mean, they're beautiful to look at. But Jesus Christ, I can't find a, a comfortable spot. <laughs> I can't. And then when I'm finally like, I'm, I'm in bed. I'm reading this. You know, Kobe comes in the room, put put the book down, pick up again. And I didn't know if I was reading left or right. No idea. And then all of a sudden, I felt like I was rereading. I'm like, I did this already. This is a deja vu. Yeah. But there was too many deja vus happening at the I same think- minute. And I was like, what is going on? And then like, you finally came in and saved me. Because, Eric, had you not said <laughs> nothing, I'd still be there. I'd still be. <laughs> I'd still be. I didn't pay attention to the arrows like the the way the panels were how you how you pointed out how they had like this little arrow kind of yeah. guiding you where to go i didn't pick up that if you don't know what's going on you just you're in a loop that's the that's exactly it right you it get, was a mind fuck yeah <laughs> it was I don't meant- know what it's going on i thought it I was in my head i'm like that the, and the pages were upside down i think too because mm-hmm. then when i was putting the book down walking away and then coming back to get it i didn't know which way was up yeah, yeah, I was going to stay there for a minute. But creative, right? There's the dance slot, Mike Allred run that Yo, I Yo, once I got the concept, of. I was like, this is dope. Right? Oh, they got me. Yeah. They got me. Yeah. And I was having fun with it. And I think that's why I always kind of, I'm a sucker for like those cosmic stories now because it's, once, it, once you get suckered in, you're just like, well, anything can happen, I guess, right? Like all bets are off. You never know where you might end up or you never know what sort of rendering of a universe they might do to tell a story that is more, sometimes more um, relatable or profound. But it's like, where are we? Right. Where we're in nowhere. What's a nowhere? Or we're in the in the skull of a, an eternal. I knew what nowhere celestial. was, though, because nowhere is where Nebula and all them yeah, go, yeah, right? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that where the collector is? Yeah. Look at. Is that sexy for you? A little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You're in a bathing suit talking about comics. <laughs> like. And I know where nowhere is. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I've, I've converted you. <laughs> you read an omnibus, and the first omnibus you read is a Silver Surfer omnibus, which is crazy to me. Because it's a bit of a tough sell as a character if you're not into that sort of thing. But it's for me, it's one of the greatest love stories. I well, love it, it is a great compilation of stories in there. But also the art is pretty amazing. I love the colors. The colors are so dope. You like it? Yeah. It's, it's very pleasing to the eye to, to read and to, to flip through the pages. Which is so weird because he's so plain. Yeah. He's like most patrons here at the resort. This is very <laughs> white. <laughs> Whiteboard, white, white, whatever he is, cosmic energy, whatever he is. But everything around him is just so. Um, Re- reading something like that where it's it's so big. Well, and yes. Morning. Where it's so big and you're dealing with Galactus and the, you know, I don't know if you get got into those sort of beginning of the universe of Galactus and Zen La where he's from and Shalaval like all of those I mean they they reference some some stuff like this yeah um does it put you off or would you would you give it something else a chance like for instance would you give a Guardians of the Galaxy story a, a chance now because you've already forayed I don't know yeah. I don't think so and I'll tell you why yeah I'm feeling because with the Silver Surfer He's a he's a singular like it's one thing happening to this one person at a time. Right. Whereas I think with the Guardians of the Galaxy or like multi team member thing, like there's a lot that will be going on. Whereas with him, there's a lot going on, but I'm just focused on him and Don. Yes. And their adventure together. And not and- so much like we're splitting up. We're gonna go over here and then like let's let's to be continued with what Rocket and 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 Groot are doing over here and then in the meantime a dude is getting captured from these people and they don't know not, you know what I mean and it's like whoa you feel it might be too much happening I, I feel whereas when it's just a singular story I find it a, a little bit easier to follow 
that's that's the that's the cool thing about the collected editions of comics is that whatever you're worried about getting lost in, it'll be so in in a story that's a little bit older than what you're reading, that's very cosmic and the Guardians are there and Nova is there, there's Galactus shows like you name it, they show up. They split it up into like these mini series. So you're reading six issues and you're just following this team or you're following this character and you realize like these stories. Yeah, but as a lay person, I don't know that. I look at the cover and I'm like, there's some shit that's going to happen. It's going to go down. Too much. It's going to go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and to me, uh, it's, it it could be intimidating. Yeah, yeah. No. Where do you even begin? Well, and that's shameless. Oh, look at the romantic music to go along with our pod. (laughs) It's not quite the Avengers, but, (laughs) um, well, that's, that's the whole point. Shameless plug of the omniverse, right? Like the comics guide is to, this is difficult to get into and it's difficult to know where to start, where to begin. If you want to jump off the boat or to jump off back on the boat, it's not an easy, uh, or cheap sort of hobby. So to have recommended lists and places to, to read stuff, I think is, I think every comic book fan needs it. Cause I look at stuff like manga or manga, however they say it. Like, I don't know where to start. There's like 25 volumes of just one story. That's too much. It's too much, right? So it's like, where do you begin? Where do you end? So I think reading guides and stuff like that are helpful, but it's cool to see you reading that Silver Surfer. I can't wait to read it. It's one of my most anticipated omnibus purchases mm-hmm. for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's a cool book, like you said. Like mm-hmm. With either the dust jacket or without, mm-hmm. it's so like, what happens in this book? <laughs> it's like the never-ending story. And you were caught on it. And you were Jesus go Christ. Forever. I was never going to get out of that. Yeah, it's it, you, and and it's so. Which um, is clever because it's like you are now what's experiencing what the character is going. Through. It's yeah, you're, you're in the book, really in the book. Yeah, cool. That's yeah, they cool. had me hook, line, and sinker. I was cuffed in. I had nowhere to go. <laughs> do you do you miss while you're on vacation? Hey, say that again. Do you miss? You want to you want to move? Mm-hmm. All right. Or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if move. there's Maybe a, the music will get picked up on the mic that's cool we might have well, to go with it, it a bit to just, the yoga spa yeah it's all right and just hear the the hum of the yoga music. yeah we did do yoga too yeah we did it was nice actually you've always been telling me that it would probably help for my work and stretching and just making sure certain injuries don't occur and i do find in my 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 uh Older age, I, I, I'm finding. Um, <laughs> Older age, you're in the prime of life. Well, you know, your body's changing. Yeah, you know? you're right. You start. To, I'm not trying to, to do no excursion. Oh, miss, you want to do an excursion? You want to oh, swim with the dolphin? And the- no, I don't. No, I don't. I don't want to. I'm at that point in my life where a broken toe can ruin my life. <laughs> I'm not trying. <laughs> it's true. I'm not taking a chance. I already did all the excursions. I've gone. We've we've done the horses on the beach. I've done the zip lining. I've done the stingrays. What's been your favorite favorite excursion on a trip? Because you've done, I would say, I haven't counted, but I say we've done probably every style of excursion at a Caribbean resort that you can do. What's been your favorite? I like excursions where like I learn stuff. I like his- historical excursions, like when we've gone to like the pyramids. That's been cool for me. I like that kind of learning about ancient civilizations. It's always been an interest. I've always liked that kind of stuff, even in school. But I do also enjoy, like, I don't like to be tired. I don't want to be tired. I did that when I was young. So those excursions where they like they take you to an o- oasis spot, like a shellha. Yeah. Where they and- have, like, a lazy river. They have uh, zip lining there if you want. They also provide food and beverages. And there is also, like, cliff diving. Or you can just sit by a beach and, and just do nothing all day. Right, in, in a very drink. nice... Shell has probably been... I would go there again. Yeah, like a beautiful oasis kind of excursion thing where you can still do stuff at your own pace. Yeah. That's what I'm into. Yeah. I find Mexico have been my favorite morning. My favorite um, excursions, personally, because of what you said. You got the pyramids, you got the 
Caribbean coral reef waters, all of those things. And I'm not sure if it's because it's been around the longest as far as like a vacation spot. People have been going to Mexico for a long time. So there's a lot of things built and kind of established for not, not a theme park, but a version of an amusement park where you can go, like you said, in the cenote and, mm-hmm. you know, mix well, it and up. And they have in those places all the other things that you would want to do as an excursion. They have dolphins swimming, yeah. they have stingray, this and that. They have snorkeling in certain places, you know what I mean, available. I, I like that. I like lento. I like... The lazy? Just chill, relax. <laughs> yeah, me too. Take my time. Me too. I have nowhere to be. I don't like... Yeah, once I arrive and I've hit my marks for departure arrival bus check-in no more schedule for eric only thing i need to know is what time does the buffet close my my thing is i don't want to be tired i don't want to i don't want to die tired i'm not trying to run <laughs> away from nothing and i'm not trying to be tired on vacation i'm trying to trying to rejuvenate I'm trying to re <laughs> restart that's funny yeah i'm, try, I'm not trying to die tired <laughs> that's you're my not, motto i'm not dying yeah, tired not running from no zombies no I'll just hide if you catch me fair game <laughs> not i'm not out of breath oh it's good you know what you know what is so different too is like and i haven't even thought about it but the lack of tv watching or like it's just before we left we were on a bit of a soprano binge which i've really enjoyed i've never watched it before and what got us into it i think it was one day you know well, I ended up watching Public Enemies for a minute. Yes. And then I ended up watching another gangster movie. You know what happened to us? We were at home and we put on, I think, AMC or one of those I love channels, that channel. I right? love that channel. Because because it's going to put on a classic All the time. that you didn't know you always wanted to watch again. They do a little, they go a little heavy with True Lies. There's so many times they can they could show True Lies. <laughs> yeah, True Lies is a little too much. <laughs> but yeah, like they, they show those classic movies. And I think they had, they showed The Godfather, which we always watch, but... They had bits of The Godfather showing. I think they had Goodfellas on one day. And they I said, I don't know what to watch. And we flipped it on and Goodfellas was on. I'm like, you know what? It was just starting. We got just it right starting. in the beginning. I think and we were just about to yeah. watch A Bronx Tale. Yes. We watched Donnie Brasco. We watched Donnie Brasco. Yes. Yeah, so we, um, we were on a mafia tip. So I said, let's just watch The Sopranos. And because those other movies, you, you watch them again and again. And they're period piece movies in a way where you're like this is taking place in the 70s and it's going to look like the 70s we were going to dress and talk like the 70s and the same thing goes for you know donnie brasco this is a biographical tale so when i first tried sopranos it seemed so late 90s that i was taken out of it like oh everything is just so of an era that i don't want to i don't feel like watching but now i watch it in the same sort of like no if you could watch godfather and think that it's cuba Right. In the 1950s. But there's a texture of The Godfather yeah, where it makes true. it timeless, whereas yeah. there's certain things in The Sopranos or certain things even with Seinfeld, right? Like you, you and Shane doing your Seinfeld segment. Plug! Um, you know, the Seinfeld Chronicles, where some, some things just take you out because it just doesn't make sense in the world that we're living in. You yeah. know what I mean? But when they're really good, you forgive it because like... Well, Seinfeld- they're really good because it's real It's real life. It's real people going yeah. through some real stuff. Like, yeah, I'm not trying to make room for you. When I move up in a line, it's not because I'm making room for you. Back up. You know what I mean? But I think everyone can relate to that. But there's something about... Technology is, is a dead giveaway. Yeah. Dead giveaway. The hair and makeup dead giveaway yeah you know what i'm saying because his wife just looks silver perfect (laughs) she looks like a woman eyeshadow that's like out to there hair out like hairsprayed it's very of its time and and i remember that look from women in my family (laughs) i remember going to the, the, the picnics and parties and i'm like you look like this cousin. Like, Carmela looks like this. I remember when I used to dress like AJ. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it, it, it just happens where you're like, yeah, that, that's when I grew up. That's what people were like. But um, I'm really enjoying, I'm really enjoying the writing, the series, the, the character buildup, the concept of, like, it's that analyze this seriously done. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's kind of cool if, if you took it. Did to that th- movie come out before or after the show? I think I asked you this before, but I don't remember. I don't know. I want to say. Because I think they did reference it in season one. He did so reference it because I saw that analyze this shit. Uh-huh. Like, he makes a reference to it. Because you don't think I realized that? I like when they do that. Uh-huh. I feel it was the same time. Like, uh-huh. simultaneous. Uh-huh. 
Um, what do you? What are your favorite gangster movies? You got? We always do lists. Jason Barnes always sends me lists, top <laughs> ten places that I've eaten food in the afternoon. <laughs> what are your top five gangster movies? Can you think of? Um, I think I named a couple. I, I do really like uh, Bronx Tale. Bronx Tale is nice because it's local. It's a very local story. Yeah. Right. Um, Casino. Never finished it. I'm so ashamed. Is actually pretty interesting. I I want to say it's even based off a true story yeah, or true is. events, yes. right? Um, I haven't seen it often enough, but it's crazy. It's crazy. That lifestyle is just nuts. Yeah. Um, I mean, a Godfather goes. It's Godfather one just, and two tied for one for you. It'd be hard for me to pick which one of those two is at the top. It's difficult. That's the that's the peak. That's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what other gangster movies are there? I've seen so many. Do you consider something? Yeah, I guess it would be. Here's the deal. You got gangster movies and then you got mafia gangster movies. Yes. Where, where the rules yeah. are slightly different because you can watch something like Narcos, which is a television show. But they're dealing with. Oh, good movie! that's a good series. Yeah, Narcos is a good series. (laughs) But it's definitely gangster, right? But it's not mafia because it's a different type of business. Uh, Mafia's drogas. Yeah, mafia is. Yeah, it's very like they dip and dabble in cocaine, but it's it's always on the low. They're not supposed to be hustling cocaine. Yes, how how uh, how uh, noble of them. <laughs> right? They only deal in prostitution and number one. Keep it away from the kids. Shylock. I want to see it in schools. Yes. Oh, you're a moral compass of yeah. <laughs> the criminal underworld. Well, you know, it's and and the reason why it's always an interesting aspect of the mafia um, mythology or the mafia lore is that they recognize that it would be the one thing to downfall you. This guy's funny. Riding on his bike. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like he's right out of a music video. Um, Yeah, it was always the thing that they knew would attract attention that is not what you want. You, you, they'll put up with other things. They'll put up with yeah, because they don't want to get, you know, they don't want the heat. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's all it is. The Untouchables. I was watching Untouchables a while back. That's with Kevin Costner when he was had was a hard a on for trying to get a Al Capone, Al Capone for alcohol. Bootlegging. Most yeah, likely, bootlegging. it was mostly it was prohibition, right? It didn't the detective, the FBI agent, or whoever Kevin Costner played, didn't he die of alcoholism? He became an alcoholic. He became an alcoholic. Shit. How's he knew when you knew what his downfall would be. That's why he, <laughs> he went in so hard and paint. Yeah, and all the I think they got. I think the only thing they got Al Capone on was tax evasion. They found a way. It's funny, man. When they want you, the died government syphilis, will get you. Though. That's yeah. what took him out, like, what, a 44? And that's the other thing. All these, like, true true crime mafia guys, they died early, yo. Life was short. They they have such a such a moment in the sun where they're, like, hot shit. And they've got their home in Cuba. And they're, like, so untouchable to the point where you got Pablo Escobar running in flip-flops with a beard and Terrible. looking like a homeless man. Like I still maintain the man was making had two thousand dollars worth of elastic bands a month. <laughs> and that's and that's how you go out. What a shame. How much how many elastic bands? Is two thousand dollars worth of elastic bands. Yo, in the they 80s? had money in the jungles rotting because yeah. they had nowhere to put it. I think when and I get I think, to that point, it's like my comic book collection. It gets to a point where it's like, okay, either I redistribute what I've got, sell off some things, make room. But once you reach, like, once you're burying money and you need a map and you've got your accountant name is Blackbeard because you got to <laughs> keep track of where the money is on a map, a treasure map, you're good. I think it's time to retire. You know, pass it on. Share the wealth. I don't pass know. It on. I don't know. Um, so, gangster movies, top five. Okay, so for sure it's going to be The Godfather. One and two. I'll One just put two. them together. Okay. Um, wait, uh, mafia movie? Is that what we said? Just in general. I mean, you can pick whatever you like. You can really pick whatever you like. Because there's so many. There's You got The Irish Mob. And there's so many movies to reference. And 
that are historical are like, the Godfather is not a true story, but you feel like it is because they base it around true events and they kind of base the characters and their behaviors off of some things that actually were taking place during those years, you know? I remember reading in the Sammy the Bull documentary or a biography when that movie came out. It was the first time where they were like, they got it right. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's it. That's the essence of what this is. This thing of ours is, mm-hmm. if you will. It had that extreme violence, but it also had that politics of it. You got to understand that. Yeah. I would say even American Gangster, the story of what his name, Lucas. Frank Lucas. Frank Lucas. Yeah. yeah. I was going to call him George Lucas. I'm like, nope. <laughs> That's the other universe. <laughs> Galaxy Far, Far Away. Um, yeah, American Gangster is really good. I wonder how many of those things in that movie were true. Because there's a scene there, spoilers, where mid- midday, broad daylight, Jay-Z made a rhyme about because he made the American Gangster album. It was like... Uh, off your on switch like shoots a guy in the head middle of the day you think to yourself hey didn't he do it in like a coffee shop and he went back to his coffee shop wasn't it about salt something about salt i'm not sure am i confusing it yeah i think he i think it was even idris elba that he takes out i think i think so i think you're right damn son that's the other thing like these movies are so good but like how much how like the rewatch value i gotta be in the mood but I like that because then I don't remember everything. Like, it makes me want to go back and watch it. But it's not necessarily like, let me put in a pick-me-up movie and, you know. Because it never ends well. That's the one thing about those movies. The ride is always so much fun. The escape of ducking the cops, getting away from your enemies, outsmarting them. And then the end, you're always like, you won, but now what? Isn't it funny, though? You're rooting for the bad guy the whole time. While That's- simultaneously saying, this mother. That's, like, how yeah. I, that's your boy. Yeah. That's your boy. Yeah. You're having a meeting about seeing if you need to take him out. This is crazy. This is crazy for 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 an industry that has so many guidelines and protocols and office politics. Lines get crossed very easily. Well, I think and that's why people always justified the turning state witness because a lot of those people who end up there feel like they've already been betrayed so there's no way for us to restore trust because i think you're trying to kill me you think i'm a rat now what's left for us who's betrayed who and, and you're the right government is just as shady that's and the that's the thing i like about more, those movies yo it's like it's like real life casino when you're a gangster yeah how about you? Do you have any movies? Top, Goodfellas uh, is good, but Godfather, Joe Pesci is a nut job. In yeah, movie. Godfather is up there. Um, one and two, I would say probably tied. I have a hard time deciding which one I like. No, more. I can't distinguish them. Three can go away. Three I know can, some people. Uh, I feel like people are coming out of the woodwork now talking about three, three, three is, is not so bad. It's actually good, and it's they actually do like it. I can't get I can't get on that bad. It's not again. a bad movie, but it doesn't it doesn't it didn't need to happen. No, it really didn't. That's they the should thing have left about it. it. It's it's not. It doesn't have the rewatch value that two has. Even just watching Michael sit beside Hyman Roth at his house, watching the football game. Like there's certain things about it that are just like. Yeah. I like figuring out who Michael. Trust you know what it was? It was the cousin storyline. It just. One hundred percent. That's the main thing. Leave it alone, man. You know what's disturbing? Is that? You know what's disturbing? That these glasses are empty. <laughs> They're on empty. I could get us some more. Let's pause this and continue. Resume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll be right back after these brief messages. We got the drinks. Refill is on. <laughs> what the heck is the point of being at a resort if you don't have a drink in your hand, right? The whole time. Come on. That's all about. That's what it's all about. Um, so you were talking about top five gangster movies. Okay, I like Bronx Tale. <laughs> I'm gonna put that up there. Again, the lo- the localness of. The little boy growing up, he never becomes a full-on gangster. He's just kind of like adjacent and mentored yeah. by the local He's guy. a product of his environment. Yeah. Right? But I, I also like the love story 
that that's in it. Yeah. Taking place at a time where it was, wasn't have been as common. It's I always weird to see De Niro not play a gangster. Like that, that's one of the few movies. Oh shit. Where's the mic? Oh, it's right here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the tequila sunrise is getting mad. Already? Um, yeah, it, it's one of the few movies where he doesn't play a gangster. He plays the guy like, get away from them. Like, that's not the people. Like, that's not those people. Get away from them. And he's played every, every, like, Irish gangster, Italian gangster, Jewish gangster. Like, De Niro never plays just your Italian. What do you think it is about De Niro that they always make him play some kind of Irish uh, gangster? Like, even the, there's a movie that I have on my list on Prime, um, Made in America, I think it's called. Okay, yeah. And it's a gangster, and he's supposed to be playing an Irish Irish guy. And in the Irishman, he did the same thing. Like, what? It, and it, wasn't he an Irish guy in uh, Goodfellas? Yeah. He, yeah, he played Conway. Was he, You would think he was Italian, but he wasn't. But I think what it is with him, one, it's the relationship like it's he obvious. has with He should his, be playing an Italian gangster. Oh, yeah. I don't understand why it would be any other thing but that. I think it's, I think it's the relationship with Scorsese, right? Mm-hmm. He's Scorsese's guy. He can play different. Yeah, directors have their their people, right? Yeah. Nolan has Michael Caine, Christian Bale, Hardy, Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy. Yeah, he uses Tom and the Hardy Scarecrow guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's that guy's name? Gillian. I forget. I like forget they have their name. their peoples that they always go back to because Michael Caine was also in an Inception, right? Michael Caine was in Inception. Tom Hardy was in Inception. Um, so was the scarecrow Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt oh yes he was in it too he was in it too maybe because they feel like their film gets a, a, has a certain texture when certain people play a, a certain maybe role. yeah maybe they just but the, I'm into it the director and the and the performer they have a certain synergy and they adapt to each other's stake. they know what the director expects and I think that's the case with Scorsese and De Niro they just it's almost like I don't need to tell you what to do you know what to you do just, yeah. and you're taking on a character that might like, I see you bringing the most out of this Irish gangster, not the Italian guy. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, I'm yeah. With the ice. Yeah. So, that one's good. Goodfellas is good. Do you find that this list is the same for everybody? Because I haven't watched Casino to list it, I haven't watched The Departed, which is a lot of people are like, yeah, I watched The Departed. But and I'm sure but, I'm, I'm but forgetting some. But certain mafia some. movies and certain gangster movies, if you want to differentiate them, you know which they're one? pretty much all the ones that we all know. You know which one I'll put up there, which isn't necessarily like, it's not the best of the bunch, but it was an HBO movie that I watched as a teenager, and it was with uh, a lot of the same cast that's in The Sopranos. It's Gotti from HBO. That... It was a like a made-for-TV movie, but you know HBO has a little yeah. bit more. Couldn't get into that one. Not the one know. with John Travolta. Oh, that's the one that's so. That's I'm not referring to John Travolta. That one sucks. Which this one, one are was you with Armand Asante. He's actually um, and and uh, so if you watch it, you'll be like, "Are we watching Sopranos?" Because all the same actors are in this. Pussy, um, Polly Walnuts. Uh, Uncle Uncle Corrado is in it. Um, Junior. Yep, he's in it. Is he? Yep. So, I, I I don't I don't know. Is it a movie? Mm-hmm. Who? Oh, who it's directed about, it? I don't remember who directed it. This is called Gotti. Just called Gotti with Armand Asante, and it and it's basically his story from him being um, a button. Twenty eighteen film? No, that's what Travolta. That's what Travolta. That was horrible. What was Gotti with who? Armand Asante. Armand Asante? Yeah. 96 film. 96 film. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It was good. I like that this one. Guy. Doesn't he do like a skit on one of... The Jay-Z albums? Yeah. Is it American Gangster? It's... Yes. Yes, he does. On American Gangster, he's like, Frank, you got friends. I still have enemies. Yeah. You can be rich. It's still... Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one, right? But off of this, off of this movie, um, the intro... It's it's him after Gotti's captured and he's sitting in his cell or in in the mess hall with one of his friends, and he's it's the intro to um, Volume Three of Jay Z's album, The Life and Times of S. Doc Carter. That's what I'm And the and the pain in the ass intro. Remember that guy? Okay, I'm reloading. Reloaded. Yeah. So oh, that reminds me, Carlito's Way. Yo. I can't get. You know what? 
that's a good one. But it's a, but it's, mm, it was good for its time. I don't think it aged well. The accents are terrible. The accents aren't great. The accents are horrible. That's a guy, Pacino, so De Niro plays the Irish, Pacino plays the Hispanic. (laughs) (laughs) Right? When they switch it up, he plays a a Cuban or a Puerto Rican. Isn't that funny? Yeah. But they're always in the gangster movies. Donnie Brasco is a good one too, but it's hard. That's that a one's hard, hard. That's hard, man. Just because you know, like, the and betrayal. it isn't so much. Yeah, it's the betrayal. It's the it's the the building of trust, the building of loyalty to know that that that, that human experience of of coming to know some, getting to know someone better. That's and especially in the mafia. Like you've really got to prove to them, like they that they'll vouch for you, because you get. Because remember, there's that moment where he's like, you know what that means? I know. I, I vouch for you. You're good. You know what that means? Like left hand, lefty. Yeah. I felt bad for Pacino's character in that whole movie. I just felt he was just being he was being punked the whole time. But he really like okay, criminal. Not not the best guy in the world. No, but. but you know, there's make- something there's something about if I open up my home to you, if I break bread with you, that means something to me. So when I see that reflected in a in a film and a movie, and then for that to just mean nothing at the end, it gets me right in the heart. It's really that kind does. of stuff that really eh, that was a hard one to watch. I just feel. Would bad. you consider? Now this is might be a stretch, but maybe not. But would heist movies be considered gangster movies? No. That's a heist movie. Because I kind of feel like Ocean's Eleven is a little gangster. Mm, they don't kill nobody, though. That's that's the thing. I think that's what makes it, like, that to me breaks breaks it up into two different okay. categories, right? Okay. Because you got Pesci, who is shooting the hell out of you and then digging up a hole. And then you have Danny Ocean, who says... Who who who's in with everybody? Who's good with everyone? Oh, you're you're in the whole thirty thousand. Here's fifty. Yeah, you think yeah. You can just open the door for me. Like that kind of shit is. They're connected. They're, they're connected, connected, but they're not. But they're but killers. it's civil. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Civil and it's gentlemanly. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, I think the mafias, the mafia movies, like they try to hide behind the guys that over gentlemanly, but no, you're. No, no is good too. Thinking of of. Um, I went went from Al Pacino to, to what's his name? Um, Johnny Depp? Blow. I remember going to watch Blow when I was a teenager with my dad and my stepmom. I had no idea what it was about. Didn't want to watch it. Because I'm just like, I've never heard of this. What are we watching? Also Blow. based on a true story, right? Based on a true story. So I, I'm in the theater, get into the but movie. But is that a Drogas movie? Yeah. Yeah, right? It's it's Escobar related. It's Escobar adjacent. So if you're into the narcos, this is a story that fills in like a puzzle piece of how it got into the States. I like States. the Colombian nar- narcos more than the Mexican Mexican? Uh, the Mexican one? Yeah. Yeah. That's a wild story. Crazy. All it, of it. Even what happened in Mexico. It's not, it's unbelievable. And then and then don't you get Chapo out of that? Or yeah. Chapo came out of Mexico, yeah. Mexico, right? Yeah. He he did the tunnel. It's it's you can't write it. That's the thing about it. Like the things that happen in that show, the the true things, you can't write it. It's like no. No, no, that's made up. A whole plane? A whole plane? <laughs> For one? What? Yo, that's desperation. That's crazy to me. At that point in time, I don't think I don't think you have any humanity left. No. In you. When you're willing to sacrifice innocence for your freedom. To get one guy. Yeah. To get one guy. And to be the crazy enough person willing to do it out of loyalty. Like, God damn it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Blow was another one that when I was watching it, because I was so into the, the hip hop scene at the time, and you're like, oh, oh shit, that's this story is with Pablo. Like this is a true story. Mm. This isn't just a made up gangster film that I'm watching. Mm-hmm. This is this is Yeah, when did you start having an appreciation for like real life tales? Hmm. 
It's a good question. I'm trying to think of what would have been the first movie. Okay. I guess I always have because I liked La Bamba growing up. And I always remember being told, like, this was a true story. This guy actually lived. This was his life mm-hmm. as best as you can depict it in a motion picture at the time. So stuff like that where it's like Selena, La Bamba, stuff where the true story movies were always like, damn, why does it always have to end bad? Yeah. But then when you realize that some of these gangster stories that they're telling you really happen and people's lives are really affected and you can go into those neighborhoods and see the cause and effect that that lifestyle had on a neighborhood at some point in time, you're like, yo, I want more. It becomes addictive to watch. Did you like The Irishman? It was long. It was too long. It was long. But I, I heard it was like the nail in the coffin for mafia movies, at least from Scorsese's storytelling angle. Um, and, and I think maybe that's why it was so lengthy and that's why it was so thorough. Uh, but yeah, it was long. It wasn't bad, though. I, I mean, sometimes the makeup was a little meh and it took me out of it. That Yeah, that attempt to try to de-age actors who are yeah because clearly yeah elderly (laughs) like there's no way to put it de-age and then age them right right? it was just like okay the makeup and the makeup's a little heavy (laughs) but i i mean that's a part of the art right they're trying to tell a story not just today i think you'll look back at that and and you'll see how much improvement they'll make on that de-aging technology that you'll look back and be like, man, it's like watching the matrix. Now when I watch matrix reloaded or that scene where he's ta- like, there's like all these agents. Yeah. Agent uh, Anderson agents taking yeah. on what's his name? Kino. No, that's, that's <laughs> Kino no, are, are on the resort. <laughs> I met three Kinos. Uh, Neo. Neo. <laughs> when he's out after the spoon bending, doesn't he go ham on, on, on stuff like just outside on the courtyard? That's that in, scene. That's that's that's. Is that in the, a reloaded? That's in re, that's in the sequel. I'm reloaded. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's in reloaded, but there's another scene. I don't know if it's in the. However, progressively as the movies went on, the more AI or or no CG. CGI? Yeah, CGI. I don't even fucking know. There's all these initials for everything now. Yeah. All of the technology stuff. It was taking it like those. Uh, those those what are they with the white dreads the oh, albino yeah. dreads that came out a- afterwards why I does the bad guy always have the good shit <laughs> like why why is it all like in, in terminator 2 like why was well the the t-1000 why was he so much better than arnold in part two you know what i mean it's gotta it, you have why to that guy always wanting up I think guy. I think that's the only way to make it interesting because if it's if Superman can just beat everybody up, there's like that's why people say Superman's boring. So you got to give him like, oh shit, this guy is actually stronger, or this guy's actually found a way to stabilize or shut him down. So the now you got to use your desperation to get away from the T one thousand. Now you got to use every piece of ammo you got. Do you find that it's more interesting to see the protagonist? Protagonist? Yeah, antagonist is the bad guy. Is it fun to see the protagonist try to problem solve? Yeah. Kind of like when Spider-Man runs out of webs. Yeah. It's like come up with come up with something. Come yeah. up with something clever. And or so, is it like really? Again? You run out of webs? You didn't think you would have should have backup? Like you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's I think that's always been the interesting part about I'd like you to if you ever want to, I'd like to get you to read the um Superior Spider-Man series. Where Eric, I can't get through Shoeless Joe, and it's been two years. <laughs> you really? It's different. It's a prose novel. You read comics different. You get into comics and you keep reading them. Like you like the Superior Foes of Spider-Man. You enjoy the, the that. Ocean's Eleven of yeah, Spider-Man yeah, yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one. So during that time, the, that story is taking place when Peter Parker is essentially dead, but Doctor Octopus in his elderly body has taken over Peter's body. So Peter's consciousness has been buried. Yeah. And and Doc Ock oh has occupied Peter's body and is now the acting Spider-Man in the Avengers in everybody's life. Oh my goodness, that's such an invasion of it's personal space. It's such an space. invasion. But you but what's cool about it 
is that, okay, so at the time when it happened, I was getting back into comics. I'm like, I don't want to read another book where the main character is taken out a la Death of Superman, Nightfall Batman. Like, this is such an old thing to do to a character is let him disappear and you put someone in his place. But in this case, he actually showed you, like, what a waste Peter Parker could be because he's a genius level intellect. He's invented things for him to use that are kind of he's never patented his web shooter dr octopus immediately patents it <gasps> and then he says and this idiot he's so he's got all this opportunity and he works for this um i forgot what the lab is called but he works for this like tech company that it's are not star lab no it's not it's star not, lab it's not uh, Oscorp. no it's gonna bother me because someone's if anyone's listening, that's a comic book fan. Like, it's called this. It's called that. <laughs> my, my bad. I'm tried. I tried. I don't you know tried. nothing, no, but you, I tried. You tried. I don't remember it myself. There's not a, many uh, Marvel lab companies that I know of. Yeah. Me, of I, I know them, but then I forget them just as quickly. I remember Star Labs from DC Comics always comes to my head, too. Oh, yes. That's DC. Yeah. My bad. Anyways. Um, so, Peter works for this, like tech company where they're inventing stuff and they're like doing breakthrough things and he's got the potential but he's spider-man so he's always distracted and he's always just trying to get through the day and and keep his love life and his family relationships in order peter parker is very poor at multitasking yes it's not a super it's not it's not a superpower of his but then doc ock takes the spot and he's on he makes a business parker industries and he makes peter a billionaire a billionaire. But how does he make Peter a billionaire if well, Peter's dead? In, well, he's because in, he became Peter. He's in Peter's body. Then he's not. Pe- he's occupying Peter's body. So he goes to school, and he and he says, you know, this this guy. I knew Peter Parker when he was a kid, and he's such a waste of potential. But now that I'm in his skin, rude. And I'm young now again. I'm gonna get my doctorate because Peter's so dumb that he didn't go about getting his doctorate. And Doctor Octopus or Peter Parker, quote unquote. Basically, like there's a hop, skip, and a jump and shows everybody like I I deserve to be a doctor and I'm going to Doogie Hauser this thing. Like just show everybody that I'm not going to go through seven years of school. Here's this, this, and this, and this proof in the pudding that I'm worthy of a doctorate. So he becomes a doctor. He becomes uh So basically he's living vicariously. He's living fear. vicariously and he becomes a better version of Spider-Man. So well. is that really considered Spider-Man? Like when you read that story, do you still read that as Spider-Man? You start you start reading it irritated at the fact that Peter Parker is not around. But then you're like, oh, Dr. Octopus is a good Spider-Man. Like, let's keep going. Let's is he an anti-hero? No, is he kind of Selena-like? He's a villain. He's a villain. He's huh? a villain. Taking on people's identity and and being all, yeah. And the crazy, the crazy part about it is that Dr. Octopus... In the early years of Spider, earlier years of Spider-Man, uh, dated Aunt May. Rude. That's just rude. <laughs> and That's now he's gross. trying to go after That's Mary weird. Jane. Yeah. And who so, did this? Who's the writer of this? Who same, came up with this? You want to know what's funny? Mm. Same guy who wrote Silver Surfer. Stop that you're reading. this right now. It's his. It's one of his best works. Is Superior Spider-Man. He got death threats when <gasps> he did that. People were so pissed that they that he killed off quote unquote killed off Peter and put doc ock in the main book like there isn't an amazing spider-man book to read you're not getting no peter parker for three years or whatever it was there was a commitment to this story really yes so does that mean it didn't do well it did great it did great but there was pushback initially pushback where he had to roll with security really death threats you guys are crazy crazy you guys go a little too hard in the paint crazy so you know when people I don't. I don't security. blame people for being upset. What attempt on his life has had happened that he needs to walk around security? It was just like he was getting letters. He was getting letters. Stuff? Yeah, people that's were, awful. People were saying we're going to be at you know at the next comic book signing. Threats. That's so, so terrible. These are people terrible? who admire admire the the admire characters that are for others, and yet you're going to be so so. Rude? That's a, that's an awful story, Eric. I don't like to hear that. That's it, terrible. Mm. They're still doing yoga? That's a long session. He, he told this 
he told this story at um, Toronto Comic Con. I have it on an episode of Cave of Solitude where he, I, I think I edited it out because he asked, like, I'm going to share something that, you know, if anyone's DL? recording, like, let's not uh, put okay, this. Okay, so, uh, but it's yeah. years ago, years ago. So I'm telling it as That's a person sad. that sat in the crowd and heard that. Because all you're trying to do is please these people and then you realize there's no pleasing them. Well, he's been, Dan Slot has been one of those guys who's been always. Dan Slot? Dan Slot. Okay. That's his name. He's That's always, who I'm reading right now? Yeah. Oh. He's always tried to be he like. He got an award for my issue? Yeah. For that issue or for Ele- the whole Issue story? 11. I Good for, for you, Dan, Dan Slot. I liked it. You confused me a little bit. I'd like you to read his, his Superior Spider-Man. Tell me what you think because it's like seeing. That's take, the one where Doc Ock is Peter? Yeah. Wait, and, does he do the D with Mary Jane? No, I don't think it ever gets there. But Peter has, there's a moment where where Peter's mind is fighting to come back and gain consciousness. But I thought he's dead, so how is he fighting to come back? Because it's his mind that has been, like, his consciousness has been put aside in place of Doc Ock's brain patterns. Where? In a jar? In the fridge? Like, what are you talking about here? In the brain. Like, he's put it in a pocket, like, boom. Like demolition men? Yeah, kind of like that, or almost like an amnesia. Like, I'm going to take your consciousness and move it over. And my consciousness now is in your brain patterns. What an invasion. So when Peter comes back to and fights his way out, one, he sees Doc Ock's brain patterns in history and sees like, oh my God, you had sex with Aunt May. Like, ah, like all of these things. But his, So he sees, because his sees memories it. are his memories. Yeah, they like, they like link, they cross paths, right? But when Peter comes back, he is now the head of Parker Industries, a multi-billion dollar corporation. As Peter. As Peter. And he's now got... So what happens to Doc Ock then? Stark Tech. Um, he like, put his consciousness in a bag. machine. This guy Kinda just like, don't want to give it up. He doesn't give it up. He just, Great. He's that's, not happy with himself. He's always trying to find another entity. And that's what's, that's what's great about Spider-Man. Is that... Who's really his, his Joker? Right? You always know Batman and Joker. And he's got the Green Goblin. But... He's got a couple others where you're like, yeah, but there's Venom, and then there's Doc Ock, and then there's Craven the Hunter who who actually buried him alive. With so many, like, with so many of these people having so many enemies, do you think they ever go on vacation? You think they ever take a? <laughs> you think they ever take a break? I think I think Spider Man would try to take a break with Mary J a couple times. And what? They just end up fighting again? That's not vacation. He you always think Superman finds- takes vacation? You think he's allowed to take vacation? You think his consciousness, his conscious conscience allows him to take vacation? Do you think that's ever an issue of contention between them and their and their partners? Yes, I do. do, you, I it's, do. Ever, it's, it's explored, right? In the stories and whatnot. Like, you're always there for them, but you're never here for me. I see nothing but your back. But- <laughs> I see nothing but your cape. Walking out the door. Nothing but your cape. Bitch. Um... I think I think that you think Lois Lane could be a bitch when when Superman leaves, or is she always like, "All right, honey, I'll see you later." I think Lois is the one who fully understands the the deal. I think Selena is the most the real deal. Like, really, they don't you don't owe them nothing. Come home. I think she's a real like. Yeah, she what is. a real woman would but, say. But like, the problem with this. that relationship oftentimes is Bruce being like. I can't have anything happen to you. Like I, I get that. I'm just I'm talking from the perspective of a a yeah. woman in a relationship with a superhero. Like yeah. do they do they want them to have downtime or do these guys just don't let themselves and then it's an issue of it's, it's it's an issue. I think so. I think they want them to have the downtime and I think that's why in the, there's been times where they've tried to split up Mary Jane and Peter like break their marriage apart which they do eventually in a dumb way but it was always like I'm not first. I can't You'll not, you're not going to be here for me when I need you. I need my husband here now. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. this is a problem. And I've been supportive and I've been this, but I just, you're not reliable. And that, that's always been, I always found that to be an interesting part of these characters where that makes them more relatable. Where some people be like, don't have them be married. Don't have them be attached. Don't have them have kids. This way you can always um, tell a fresh story where they're not, yeah, if they have no attachments, it's yeah. easier the to... The next person picking up the book, they don't have to be like, I have to write him Mary. Like, I don't want to write Peter married. Or I don't want Batman to be with Selina. I want to tell the story where Batman goes off. I think off. those stories are nice when they're their own. Like, I I mean, I guess that makes it, what? Like, without any superhero events. Yeah. 
But I guess that just makes it a romantic graphic novel. Who wants that? You know what? I think people like stories that ultimately deal with people. Yeah. As opposed to just a plot or as opposed to just a big, bad alien invasion. When it when you're invested in the people in the story and their relationships, now you're now you're like, okay, Captain America always knows what to do. But what if it's his loved one that's captured? Who was he willing to sacrifice for his love? Is it still a, is the American willing, dream? If, he, if, he, if he's even willing to sacrifice, right? And and it also makes those characters break because when you when you take when you take Batman and you see like a Robin's been killed or Damien's been kidnapped or Selena's been whatever, like you see them now. Who really are you? How much control do you like? What is it that'll make you break? So it's always good to see people reach that point of having to be resilient in life and what is it that makes them have to make tough choices so i think when the story sometimes can be you can do a really big story and you can take superman off world and make him fight you know in a gladiator sort of arena and and uh, liberate a group of people which is always a fun story to read but when you see like oh that's how that's how clark thinks oh that's what will break down this guy. That's I don't actually think superhero should be should have relationships. So I think that's what will make them a bad guy. Something goes wrong. If something goes awry, and that yeah, and that's why that's, a lot of them. That's, that's why a lot of them have tumultuous relationships. But that's also why like Superman is interesting because when you take Lois away from him, wasn't as good. It was good, but it's not as good as when some he's got a person to go home to and be like, I was actually scared today, honey. Yeah. All I can think about was coming home to you, and I wasn't sure if that was going to happen. But at the same time, I'd be like, bitch, you're Superman. You you need to come home. You're the man of steel. What are you talking about? Get it together. <laughs> get it together. What about... Go see Dr. Leslie. Get get it mine. <laughs> get your mind right. <laughs> go, go see your Dr. Malfi, Clark. Um, okay, how about this? If you're Lois, right? Let's say I'm... So, I'm wearing a Superman t-shirt with red shorts. That's why I keep bringing him up because he's on your chest. Um, so let's say uh, you know that you, you've you married Clark Kent, a.k.a. Superman, one and the same person. He's going to pick up the, nah, it's the, fine. the, it's fine. the gardening. He'll pick up a little bit of everything. It's, it, you know what? It's all part of the experience. It's all part of the experience. I just don't want it to be lost. No, nah, I don't think it will. I don't want it'll, the experience to be lost. It won't be lost. If I if I lost my powers and I'm no longer the man of steel but I'm just the man of flesh would you still put up with me? I think I might prefer it. Not me me. Uh, you're talking about Lois? Just if if you were Lois. So you. I think it depends on who you're talking to. I think Lois would be like get it together man. <laughs> you can do this. You're Superman. But I think Mary Jane would be like Good. It's about time. <laughs> like, put away the put away that suit. I don't want to see it no more. You know. I think I think that was the cool thing about the Superman and, I think and Lois Selena relationship. Selena would be down because she would be like, like she. I think she wants Bruce to have boundaries. Like, do your shit, but no, no, know your limits. Like, like don't don't do too, don't go too hard. Yeah. Like I think I think Batman's more obsessed with his job whereas superman feels more like obligated i have the i have the ability to help like which i think there's there's something to be said about that like if you are in the position to be of help to your fellow man whatever it is miss you dropped your keys or you know what hold the door open for someone waiting for the elevator or whatever it is right if you have the power to do better for the next person because they're just another person. They're just trying to get by as you, as you. I think that's like, a, there's a moral example from Superman. Always want to do the most for everyone, but you can't, you can't do it to your own demise. Cause I don't know who are you help? Who, who are you of use to when you're down? Yeah. You know, you have to know when to be good to yourself so you can be good to others. That's why this kind of thing is needed. That's why you need a little R&R, &R. you need a little vacation, you, you need a little getaway. Fortress of Solitude. You need a little vitamin D. Yeah. <laughs> More ways than one. And then <laughs> you can, you can, 
you know, I keep trudging along. I think there needs to be a balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's the beauty of Superman's character, right? Like, as as powerful and as uh, as he is, and and a figure, the figure that he is, it's still attainable as a human being to be well, to have Superman qualities and power. It's still attainable. As a human and being. that's that's the thing is like he's an example to me, and from what I've read and certain the versions of Superman I like, Superman is a product of his upbringing, right? How he was raised, right? Right. It's not that I need to be a hero. It's that I have the ability to help. And I was raised right to know that if someone's, if, well, if someone dropped their keys, I should go and give it to them. If right. the neighbor needs help building a fence for their farm, I'm going to help the neighbor build a fence for the farm. Whereas 100%. Batman took it, upon, took it upon himself, despite his lack of upbringing, to say, I'm going to... I'm gonna, I don't want no one to feel this. I don't want anyone to feel what I felt. I'm always sad. So I'm always going to try to save a kid's life. I'm always going to try to protect innocent people because I wish someone would have done that for me. So it's so interesting. Like, that's what comic books are interesting about. It isn't just the fight scene. It isn't just the punch in the face. One second, everybody. And the movements truck is gone. <laughs> um, that's what makes the characters interesting is when you see what it is that they've been tasked with and how they learn something about themselves. That's the, f Oh, I wanted to tell you this yesterday when I was reading the Quasar, right? There's this one issue where one of the elders of the universe. So it's like these old, 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 old beings that have, is it okay? Hold on. Quasar is DC or Marvel? Marvel. Okay. Marvel. So has nothing to do with justice. League. He's an Avenger. People. No little blue gods. No. What are they? called again uh the guardians of the, the guardians universe of, okay the guardians. but he's a similar style character but he's he's the protector of the universe that's been tasked by this entity named eon who's like an extra dimensional character who's given him these uh the same you know the bands that um kamala khan put on yeah in the show yeah so those are the the bands that quasar actually uses those are his oh yeah so they're kind of combining a little bit Okay. of mythologies so anyways those bands give them kind of like something similar to green lantern style power without having to recharge them anyways there's this there's this issue where it's a race where the this elder of the universe who is like known for speed and running and and um, velocity he challenges all the speedsters in the marvel universe to race to the moon <gasps> So he gets them all and they all say, you know what? I'm willing to try. Whether they're a villain, whether they're a hero, whatever it is, they're all going for it. So it's like the Olympics. Like the Olympics. But he says the winner. So even the bad guys come, up, come out to play? So even the bad guys come out to play. So they're all racing. Everybody's got their, their strengths and their limitations. And one of the Eternals, Makari, he's basically going into flash mode where he's like, my body is so broken. Like I got a pulled muscle. And I'm running to the point where it's just pain, but I have to push through. Whether I win or not win, I have to show that I can keep running to the end. So, yeah, this guy has to keep on running, right? And he's just running out of steam, but he wants to prove it to himself. That he wants to become one with the, with the speed, with the running, with the whole moving forward concept. So, And this is just a speeder? Do I know him? His name is Makari. He's a, he's a eternal. I don't even really know him that well. He's being used in, in the Quasar book as like a friend of his, right? Uh -huh. So there's this moment that happens where like a lightning bolt goes off and this, this guy, in a, he's bearded up. He's got a tattered suit on, yellow boots, blonde hair. And he's like, I don't know who I am. I don't know where I'm from. Uh -huh. All I know is I have this sudden urge to run. He has no He has beginning? no memory of who he is. He's just shown up, right? And he's, his suits, he's got, his clothes are tattered, so he looks kind of like a He has no man. childhood? He doesn't know who he is. So he just starts running. He takes off. Maybe he got concussed when he went running, and he just hit his head a little too There's hard. There's no explanation of who this guy is. Really? He's got yellow boots on. He's got a little, like, 
red shorts. How do you like that? How do you like a superhero or a, or a purse or a character not having an origin story? Well, this was the thing. You had to stay, read it to the end. I'm like, this uh, is random. Like, how uh, did they just throw this out there? Who's this supposed to be? So you get to the end and this random stranger passes everybody in a flash. Nothing. He wins the race to the moon. And they get to like, who are you? Like, where did you come from? Because I don't recall. It goes, but for some reason, the name Buried Alien comes to mind. Barry Allen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the Flash mm-hmm. from Crisis on Infinite Earths when he dies. So what? He crossed over to a next he crossed universe. Crossed over to the Marvel universe, but they never <gasps> call him the Flash. He's just he's got the he's got the red. His suit's tattered, right? Uh-huh. So he's got the little lightning bolt thing uh-huh, across uh-huh, with uh-huh. yellow boots. And he's blonde haired. Uh-huh. Barry Allen was blonde haired. He was he was dead to the DC universe. So he showed up in this thing where this elder of the universe sets up a race to see who's the fastest of them all. And even in the Marvel universe, the Flash is the fastest. <laughs> that was the that was the point of the story. That's, that's kind of dope. It was dope because mm-hmm. Mark Grunewald was just a big fan of comic books, and he always worked at Marvel. So that was his way of getting like a Flash story mm-hmm. in. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. So he that must be cool from a creative standpoint to be to actually change the course of storyline or, or it to, was a or, cool little nod right at the end I'm like oh that's neat okay all right I didn't at first I was like what the heck kind of story is this because quasar wasn't even involved in the race he's just observing it because his friend is in it and then this random guy I don't know who doesn't even remember who he is comes through and just Dope. Yeah. So it's like an early example of like the speed force. Got of you. Interdimension. And it was never named yet. It was just like, ah, no one's using him in DC because it's right. Wally West now. Right. So when I when I saw the initials buried alien and it kind of looked like buried Allen. Yeah. That's right. probably where your, your brain automatically like, is that a typo? Because I'm reading it as Allen. Right. That's actually kind of dope. It was, it was dope. It was fun. I liked it. So... You got to take these silly stories with a grain of salt. Sometimes you can take them serious and see like the... The way you and Dave do every week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, maybe. Brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. It's just, it's just brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it keeps you young, man. It keeps you young. People say all the time, wow, you're 39 years old. What's the secret? No kids. And comic books. Comic books. Vacation. <laughs> Shall we do a part two? Let's do a part two. All right. This is fun. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Rate and review the show. Stay tuned for more episodes from me and Daph J and other guests that are going to be coming to the cave. And, of course, omniversecomics.guide. Check it out. Check it out. See you, everybody. Talk soon.